Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Searching for something to put a smile back on your face. Just remembering unusual times that can come from an unusual place. You need a partner for the ride, cause everybody needs a climb. So set your worries to the side. Shit 90 Shows Taught Me was not filmed before a live studio audience. Do you not want to wait? Neither do we. Welcome back to Shit 90 Shows Taught Me. I'm Jess Sterling here with my co-host, Sarah Ferguson. Sarah, how are you? Jess, I'm doing really well. I mean, how can I complain? I don't have a boss that is showing up at my door at 2 a.m. to drink the champagne that she gave me. I'm not laughing in the library or I, you know, I'm not not able to study. I can study at the library. And on top of that, I just bought a brand new calculator so that Jack's dad doesn't <laughs> yell at me and tell me that I'm a disappointment to him. Uh, and all of that means that I'm better than most. Yeah. This episode, um, you know what, Sarah, at the very least, I'm happy we don't have to talk about this episode, just the two of us, because if it were, I feel like I would just go on a rampage, um, with how much I hate this episode. Yeah. Um, but on the bright side, we're not alone. Um, we're here joined by the, the trifecta. We have had Adam, we have had Lindy and joining us now again is Todd from one indescribable podcast. Todd, how are you? Uh, I'm a little sad I'm stopping you from going on a rampage, but other than that, yeah. I'm happy to be here. I'm sure it'll still happen, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'd be amazed if it didn't. But. Yeah, this episode, Todd, like, I just, why does the show want PC to be with older women? What is up with that? I, I don't know. I I cannot wrap my head around why, because it's, it's a thing. It's definitely a thing, and... It's and it's this one's an awful person too. She is she is the worst. I hate her with every fiber of my being. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I have zero interest in justifying Ms. Jacobs. However, there 
there was an overt manipulation like this person has caused. This was what I what's her I don't even know her name. Boss lady. She she just ruined his life essentially. And she did it for the game of it all. Yeah, just so she could. Just, just so that she could. For her. She's kind of a wench, and I can't believe that we um kind of just saw. I mean, to be honest with you, I was going to say, I can't believe we saw Pacey do all this, betray Audrey, yada, yada, yada. But truth be told, like, this is not the Pacey that we all know and love. The Pacey that we know and love uh, is extremely anti-cheating, would never do this to a partner. We spent all of season three discussing how his integrity and values uh, directly opu- um is in direct opposition of his behaviors in this episode yeah none of this tracks for me he's acting completely out of character and i gotta say um todd this episode stinks it reeks of the writers being like hey we're getting close to the end of season five we need to break up pacey and audrey how can we do it let's throw in boss bitch alex and have him some and like have her again Okay, I, I feel like of of me and you, Sarah, I am the most like Joshua Jackson is an attractive guy. Like, yeah, sure, he's attractive. He is not on the level of like all these women just throwing themselves at him like the show yeah. wants us to think. I think that that was my point the entire time that I felt like didn't make sense to me. It, none of this tracks. And it's, it's so frustrating that, Todd, to me, it's very much like, okay, how are we going to break up Audrey and Pacey? And this is the way they chose to do it, which really sucks. It really sucks because it completely is against what we know Pacey to be like. And it sucks because we love Audrey. So obviously we're going to like hate Pacey as a result. Yeah, it's it's drama for drama's sake. It's a complete character assassination of Pacey. I spent this whole episode going, Pacey, what are you doing? Pacey, yeah. what are you doing? Why why are you hugging her? What are you thinking? Why <laughs> the entire episode is a big why? Like that's it. The whole episode. Why? Um, yeah, season five, episode 21, after hours. Um, let's let's break down this episode because I'm sure I have so many complaints. <laughs> I have so many complaints about this episode. Um, we start off in Brecker's apartment, which Pacey is squatting in, and Jack is there. He is trying to cram Sarah. He's like trying to put all of his studies in to the final week, and uh, his father would be so disappointed that he is not understanding advanced multivariable calculus. Jack, how can you do this to us, Jack? I have one thing. One thing is that you use the calculator arts to benefit you. You're supposed to be a math prodigy, Jack. Why would you do that, Jack? Uh, I just, I'm very tickled that uh, Jack is feeling calculus and that he did not, um, you know, the, the passion for the calculator arts didn't pass down to his only yeah. living son. It is really unfortunate. And uh, it just reminds me of the good times where Mr. McPhee was in his study after hours, as the title implies, slamming down on his calculator, 
crunching the numbers we never did figure out why he was so aggressive with his calculator (laughs) but he was he was and those were definitely good times and it's funny because like jack is looking all episode long he's looking for a tutor and i'm like my guy just give your old pops a call he could help you out with those calculator mathematics he knows how to punch a calculator with the best of them uh, <laughs> so um todd do you do you remember uh the the passion that is behind calculators with mcphees or are we just losing <laughs> it is this too inside like baseball um i don't remember but i also haven't been like watching along with y'all yeah. all the yeah. way so may- maybe other people been re-watching will remember but it's been a long yeah. time so I've it's seen really like with daddy mcphee <laughs> So, it's well, such so, a small thing that we have made but like so thing. basically this actor who played mr mcphee rest in peace by the way because i it's so sad that he died so young but he he just was given a prop like you know how some people have like an apple or you know have to chop tomatoes like pasty at work he was always with the calculator and the he was so aggressive those buttons with the buttons yeah it was just oh my god i don't remember what episode it was jess maybe we'll have to i want to say it was like season two or three no it was definitely season three okay i'm gonna see if i can find the episode title because if anybody wants to do a callback i feel like that was one of our most fun that we've had in We died about the calculator for like many, many minutes. (laughs) Um, And so, yes, so Jack is trying to study and catch up. And he's the reason he's studying here is Todd, a quote unquote, Grams and Mr. Smalls are practicing choir. If that's what the kids are calling it these days. Oh, I love it. Like Pacey is like, you know, they didn't ask you to leave just because they're going to sing. (laughs) Jack's like, please. Let me hold on to that myth. Please, for the love of me. This is the only yeah. thing allowing me to keep my sanity right now. Don't don't make me think about Graham's doing it. Graham's yeah. is getting it, baby. Good for her. I'm so happy good, for her. Good job, Clifton. Good job, Cliff. Clifton. Okay, so it was, if you want to go back to yesteryear, it was uh, season three, episode 18, Neverland. Uh, we, we debate go. who is more guilty of betraying Dawson, I guess, between uh um, oh pacey and joey PC and joey yeah. yeah quiz sarah on bowling trivia and talk about mr mcphee's obsession with calculators there you so go. check that out if yeah. uh, you want to go <laughs> find out the origins of this uh calculator obsession and joke yeah. um yeah so we gotta cram i don't think cramming works I mean, especially if you've not attended class at all, all semester. I don't know how you're expect how you're going to catch up in time. Yeah, I think there's some things that cramming could help with. I don't know that multivariable calculus is one of those things that cramming can I think cramming can help if it's like a multiple choice test. You're trying to cram all those facts in your head. You're not going to retain any of it later. Trust me. I, I was like, I mean, I was someone who would not start studying for my finals until like 24 hours before. Oh. I was, I was awful about that, but I would just like cram information in, I would do great on the test. And then later, if you asked me about anything that was on there, couldn't tell you, I retained so little of what I supposedly learned in most of my college classes, but a, uh, 
I, I cram. So cramming can be effective. Yeah. And, and like, like Jack also like Jack talking about how, you know, well, he was able to BS his way through the English things. English major right here. Totally. You know, most <laughs> of my, 90% of my classes, I could just BS my way through. It was learning how my professors wanted me to BS. But yeah, because I, uh, I have one professor who like, you could do like any sort of thing that you want, come up with any sort of thing you want, as long as you had like something to back it up. Another th teacher who wanted you to regurgitate the things they said in class in Oof. your essays. So I did have to like study. We actually had like a study group. So we all had to compare notes to go, okay, what is he going to ask us about? And we like write mm -hmm. our essays, like knowing what he had said in class. But, uh, but calculus, something like that. I mean, there was one time I woke up and like remembered that I had a trig test that day and I had to like have all of these functions memorized. Oh no. And so I spent like an hour just trying to memorize all these functions. And it was like, quite possibly the worst I'd ever done on a test in college. Uh, except the only good thing was that this actually the scary thing was, I mean, I got, I don't know, it would have been like a C or D, except I set the curve. Somehow I set the curve in the class. Oh, I don't know no. what everyone else was doing. But oh my <laughs> gosh. Everyone else did the same thing, except they're not as good as memorization. I guess. I don't oh. know. Uh, but yeah. yeah, so, but I just know from experience that cramming for math, is it's, nowhere it's near as do. effective mm -hmm. as coming for other things because math is yeah. the repetition learning how to do this stuff yeah. over and over again that's what you need to do for your math classes and i did not like calculus i would not want to try to cram all of calculus into my head in you know a day so yeah it's it's a very quick turnaround time that he has to be able to study for these things and so he goes to leave because he's like all right time's up and this is when pc decides he's going to divulge to jack which i did like flashback to like back when PC and Jack were close. Um, and he divulges that, yeah, my boss kissed me. And Jack, A plus, A plus for you, Jack, who says, that's sexual harassment. Why, yes, Jack, it totally is. I feel like- oh, So Jack says one good thing in this conversation. <laughs> yeah, just the one. Let's forget everything else he says. <laughs> I, I have a feeling like this is a response to the Tamara and the- professor oh, that yeah, joey they, did yeah i think that they probably heard some negative feedback and was like we need somebody who is like the morality center of this group to be like this is sexual harassment so that the show can be justifying that they're yeah. doing the storyline again and it's not totally inappropriate even though it is and uh, yeah. PC says, um, like, you know, I'm scared to tell Audrey because I feel like she's going to focus so much on the kiss. And Jack, uh, he, you know, he says something good. And then he says something so, so bad, Todd. And you know what? Don't tell her. <laughs> uh, I just, Jack, what are you doing? Because at, at this point, it's obvious what's going to happen. That's the worst part about it. It's obvious yeah. at this point what is going to happen in this episode. Pacey's not going to tell Audrey. Audrey's going to find out. It's going to be a big blow up. I, I had no way to know it's going to be as horrible as it actually wound up being. And it yeah. would be as big of a dumbass as he turns out to be in this episode. But the instant Jack's like, yeah, don't tell. And, and at this point, Pacey's being the, oh, but I think I should. Yeah, because you know, she told me about her ex-boyfriend and everything. And yeah, honestly, we... he's the cornerstone of a good relationship. Like everything Pacey's saying right here is like, yes, Pacey, yeah. follow those instincts. So we can really blame this. It's all Jack's fault. I think we can blame this. Everything okay, on all, Jack. Everything, Jack. It's all Jack's no. fault here. Well, it's it no. Oh, no, 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 Sarah, because Jack says, well, you didn't even do anything, right? And she, he's like, "What? what's going on? Like, she's hot, isn't she? And I'm like, Jack, this is besides the point. Who cares? What does that have to do with it, Jack? 
It doesn't, but apparently it matters. And it's kind in, of a valid question. We, it's I, not a valid question. Sexual I just harassment to, is sexual harassment. I know. I just need to know the lay of the land. That's it. <laughs> the lay That's of the it. land. I she's old. Like That's what matters. She's not. She's like 40 or 38 or 39. Uh, compared to Pacey, that's old. Mm. Pacey's oh, what, 19? Yeah, they're like um, 18 or 19 at this point, right? Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so she comes in. Um, the door is like just open before from Jack. Lock your and door. So she says, she is just like, you know what? Um, I thought it was super inappropriate what I did. And the more appropriate thing to do is to come to your apartment and apologize in your personal space and offer you alcohol when you're underage, Sarah. This is totally like the right thing to do, right? I think that she's a master manipulating wench and I really am like terrified of her because all of this is so calculated, mm -hmm. especially because it just felt like such a plan. I'm going to get this boy champagne. I'm going to come over. Then later on, I'm going to come back and then we can drink the champagne so that, you know, maybe his best judgment's not there. And it's all because he's denying her and she wants to prove that she could get anybody that she wants. That is the game for her. So seeing yeah. these calculated moves made me so uncomfortable. Um, also, how did she get? I guess, I mean, actually, no, yeah, no, she has his address, I'm sure. Based but this on... is Brecker's apartment, that's so true. I guess, but and she didn't know it was Brecker's apartment, and I guess that's where his mail is going because you have to put your address on your yeah, W9 or whatever it is. I mean, but... they're really not thinking through a lot of this episode, so it's probably not worth dwelling on because they probably <laughs> didn't even think about it. I know, it. why do I have to think of like the logistics <laughs> of the bookkeeping of the of civilization? But it's you're right though because Todd she is she is very manipulative in where she says like oh I I was lonely like I'm really sorry I don't have a lot of friends here I misjudged the situation and then immediately she's just like oh you have a girlfriend like we should she'll come back she should come back to work you know I feel really bad let's have her come back oh and then let me also just mention that your apartment is great maybe I should maybe I should rent this apartment and let you live here for free for a little bit because that feels very appropriate yeah but she can't even stop there she can't even stop there because that could be like okay she feels bad about everything and then she's like let you say here for i don't know the, the phrase like for some compensation or for we could work and, something and we, out we could work something out yeah. yeah let's say we're free we could work something out and yeah and that's like the most loaded phrase because she's already said Rip free, not paying anything, but we can work something out. Right. Yeah. And then what else could it be? It. <laughs> yeah. And then she he questions it and then she gaslights him and is like, Yes, don't be disgusting, Pacey. Like, why do you think that I was insinuating that? It was something totally different. It's like, nah, yeah. no, yeah, no, like it what? wasn't. Like what? Give us your example of yeah. what totally innocent thing we could do to, to <laughs> or it's a manipulative yeah, or it's gonna be something worse, like, oh, you work weekends for free to make up for your rent. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. She's trying to get him intertwined with herself in ways where he's relying yeah. on her more than yeah. he already does because she's his boss. Yeah. Um, so then we're gonna <laughs> Joey's plot line this episode is she is trying to study. She has finals coming up, and she decides the best place to do this is a crowded library, which okay. Um, but to make matters worse, while she's trying to study, Dawson 
is watching a movie on his laptop with headphones on and is crunching on chips, is laughing hysterically. Sarah, I would murder Dawson <laughs> if I was in that library with him. Yeah, of course, she. everybody is really stressed and they're studying and having somebody cackling away on what they're claiming to be is their final examination must be maddening especially when you have to write like a 10 page turn paper or you have to take a big test i i kind of feel like it reminds me of my days in school where my final examinations were presentations that i had worked on um interior design projects and uh, I didn't have to take a lot of tests or do a lot of papers. So, but it was a different type of final, like a different type mm -hmm. of learning. And I remember having conversations with my friends that had more academic um, majors and, you know, the comparing and the contrasting felt kind of uneven on both sides. Cause for me, I was like working on projects for two weeks straight many hours and hours and i don't know in my opinion it felt like a lot of time but for yeah. others they think like oh you just do a presentation and you're done you know yeah yeah and uh i don't know todd famously you're a librarian is is yeah. dawson's behavior acceptable in a library um, not if it's a quiet floor. That, that's the, the thing that oh. you have to kind of take into consideration. And it's changed a lot over the years. But so, for example, the university where I work at now, there are certain floors that are dedicated as quiet spaces and mm -hmm. certain floors that are not. So if he was doing this on a floor that is dedicated to be a quiet space, then he needs to get out of there. Mm -hmm. If he is not, then Joey needs to go find a quiet floor to study on. Yeah, uh, so I it is tricky though because i just feel like i don't know if it's me i feel like i'm getting so distracted if i'm sitting in a library and i understand like because for me a library is like oh you go and you get the books and you do the research there especially if you can't take the books with you but like if i'm like study studying like i'm gonna want to do it in my dorm room where i can guarantee quietness and yeah but maybe for her it's but what not happens if you have a roommate that brings over guys and they're making out well, and the then other you go to the is library making... Okay, but then what happens if you go to the library and you have a bunch of kids cackling and eating chips at the library? You yell at them to leave. So it's, it's <laughs> no, you don't because it's their space too, unless it's not a quiet area. Um, what about eating? Are you allowed to eat in a library, Todd? Uh, that has definitely like has shifted over the years. Like whenever I was working uh, at my former job uh, back in the late. 90s uh early 2000s and yeah uh, there was it was like a zero food policy and uh, i had a couple of times where i was so we would keep the library open like 24 hours for finals week but a uh, uh we weren't normally open 24 hours so you and but you would get like paid you no know, bonus you know an extra money to, to work those shifts so it's like it's like a lottery you could sign up for to be able to be picked to work like those shifts and so I was someone who had gotten picked to work that a couple of times. And part of my job was like to walk up and down the floors, make sure people weren't making disturbances and making sure nobody had any food or drink. <laughs> and yeah. there's one time I remember I had walked by this group of people and they kind of like had shuffled stuff. And I could kind of tell, okay, they probably have food, but they're hiding it now. And so whatever. And I just barely around the corner and I hear the bag of chips open. Oh, oh my no. God. And I'm like, just like, I come back like guys, seriously 
You could have waited till you hear me. I went almost to the stairway. You could have waited till you hear me leave the floor, not just like, <laughs> I can hear you. Okay. Uh, but nowadays, no, I recently, uh, I've been part of a study for uh, tabletop role playing games that has been, we've been meeting together in the libraries, uh, playing a game that was like built by someone, some grad student, doing some research, uh, testing some theories on people playing that. And for a little thing, like we got pizza and ordered it and brought it to the library and we just have pizza yeah. in the library. So like there's a, a lot more uh, willingness to have food in the library. There might be some places that are still like, like our, I think our music library floor is still a little like, no food or drink near the stacks yeah. or things like that. But there's definitely a lot more freedom to have food and drink in academic libraries, at least, than there used to be. Now, public libraries, I think, are still pretty much a no-go zone for food and drink most of the time just because then little kids could have food and drink. Yeah, and that's, that's just fair. Uh, that's a disaster area where you hope that most college students who have food and drink in the library are going to be a little bit more uh, careful, although Maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Better than I, little, little kids, you'd think. But oh, yeah. Yeah. Having worked at a public library and dealt with little kids in a place where we, they weren't allowed to food and drink, they were already little terrors and destroying yeah. things. Um, but yeah. no, I, I get you, Jess, on the whole like going to library to study. I was never someone who could go to library to study. But I had yeah, friends it's just, who. It's I'd rather be by myself. Like, I feel like I would get distracted. Even if nobody was doing anything like Dawson is doing, I feel like just them, their presence would be distracting for me. Yeah. Well, but I definitely, I, I definitely have friends who could not study at home because then like, Oh, there's the TV there. There's my books there. Oh, I need to clean. And if they're in their own apartment, their own house, they keep finding other things to do yeah. to distract them. That's why like, whenever I did my, uh, my capstone for my master's degree, I went to my parents' house for the week. And I basically would just like go upstairs to my dad's upstairs office and close the door and just like block myself off from anything and everything to work on that. Cause I knew if I was at home in my apartment, I'd be distracted by my internet or my DVDs or my books or whatever. Yeah. So I think it's something that so for some people, they have to be able to just get that little bit of disconnect and like, like, okay, if I'm going to this place to study, I'm going to study because I am away from everything else. There's nothing else, but I'm like you, if there were other people around, I would be every single noise, every single thing. Moving, I'd be like, I get distracted way too easily. I'd be like, who's that? What's that? What's going on? Yeah. There? So I have, to, I have to lock myself up far, far away from other people. If I'm going to like knuckle down and study. Yeah. So Dawson decides, you know what? It's better. I should get through some movies. Let me, let me leave and I'll come back. Um, and then we're, we're with Jack and Grams. Uh, Grams is so sweet. She's like giving him this big cup of tea. He's like, I'm going to need more than tea. <laughs> I need something more powerful than this. Um, but he's, he's really struggling and she's trying to like perk him up with like a little pep talk, a little speech, but, uh, it's not really working. And I do like how Grams kind of recognizes that. And she says to hell with herbal tea, you need coffee and a lot of it. We're going to get you through this. And Sarah, we haven't gotten a ton of Grams content this season, but like, I love her and Jack and I love how supportive she is in this scene. I absolutely agree. I think that I get a lot out of the Jack and Grams relationship, especially because the evolution of it, how, Grams was uber religious when we first met her and she was a lot more closed-minded and I just remember that episode where um she defends Jack and basically told that guy that Jen had over to like go f off because he was 
being rude about yes. Jack and people that are gay. And that was such like a turning point for us to be like, oh, wow, Grams is like really kind. And she really does have love for everybody, no matter what their sexual orientation is or whatnot and i think that at this point graham sees jack especially after um the year that jack lived at graham's house and then um jack currently living at graham's house i think she sees him as a grandchild or i mean even loving him as a son and it's really beautiful for me to see especially because jack is doesn't have parents in his life and he doesn't have any really good uh adult uh, presences in his life so for me the grams and jack evolution of their relationship is astronomically amazing mm -hmm. yeah i totally agree with you i think this is very cute and grams just being like all right we got to get you the strong stuff we'll get you the coffee like she gives in uh <laughs> he's like no i kind of wanted the whiskey but thank you <laughs> well, what i enjoyed was him like cutting her off like no no bible analogies please we don't yes Daniel the life. Like, yeah like no yeah i mean there's a lot wrong with this episode but this scene i think is perfect this scene is just great yeah uh, then we're at the movie theater. So Dawson, oh my gosh, who had this on their bingo card? Dawson runs into Amy, the movie critic. Uh, and it turns out this killed me where she was on a date, Todd. And suddenly the man that she is on a date with starts sucking a Jordan almond, which Okay, Todd, you famously, this is actually a perfect episode for you. It contains libraries, it contains movies and movie critics. You love movies. You see a lot of movies. Are Jordan Almonds a movie snack? I had to look Jordan Almonds up to make sure I knew weddings. what they were. Because I don't know I've ever seen Jordan Almonds as a thing at a movie theater. At least down here in the South. Now, I don't know, maybe that area maybe they are a thing i don't know but i have never seen jordan almonds as an option for a movie snack anywhere at any movie theater that i've ever gone to so i had to stop and go wait what even are those and i'm not i'm not a big almond i didn't used to be a big almond fan by the time i actually discovered i liked almonds is after i cut down my sugar intake a lot because this whole mm -hmm. diabetic thing so i definitely don't do the candied uh, almonds but yeah i was like it's just such a, an odd choice for a snack to, to reference here but yeah maybe it for is a movie some snack, it doesn't make sense and sarah what do you think of this move by amy where she's in a movie with a guy he starts sucking on jordan almonds and She's like, you know what? Screw this guy and screw this movie. She gets him and goes to see a different movie. <laughs> she gets up and leaves him to go to see a different movie. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a power move. It is it's not nice. it's not even so much that, hey, I'm going to ghost this guy or leave the date. It's like, I am going to get up, leave you, and go somewhere that actually is more entertaining than you. So. Yeah. It's it's uh and the other thing is that she has savage. against this guy because he has a car cover, which yeah does seem strange to just be like I don't I don't know I've never I've only ever heard of people doing this Todd when like it's part they have a nice car and it's like parked at home for a while yeah. I've never heard of doing this like when you leave your house no no that's 
only time I ever see people do car covers is like you said, it's, it's in their yards under a tree. They don't want sap on it. They don't want the birds crapping on it. So exactly. it keep it safe. But yeah, I, I've never known anyone. I've never seen anyone like carry one around and like cover up their car. Whatever they got. You're just begging for someone to do something to your car. If you do something like that, your car is toast because there's going to be someone who sees that and thinks that you're some, you know, that you need to be taken down a peg or two. So yeah. if this guy actually does that when he's out in public, he, he kind of deserves what's coming to him. I don't know All if the right. second on Jordan Almonds is like that no, bad. she's like very, very critical. Obviously, she is a critic, and Dawson does quote back to her what she wrote about his movie was wasn't exactly glowing. Um, she says he is imitative, derivative, and full of unexplored potential, which I guess the last part is a yeah. somewhat of a compliment. But she also said like the ending was really good and shows that he has promise. So it's a like truly inspired ending. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't like she even says, like it wasn't really a, it wasn't a slam. It was though it was like critical for sure. But I mean, honestly, knowing Dawson, I'm sure it was imitative. And I'm sure it was, yes. you know, everything that she said it was. And she wasn't lying, but she said she didn't just tear him to shreds either. Yeah. Yeah. I just realized that I think that I would decidedly never date a movie critic because one of the things I hate most about people or guys <laughs> is when actually you know what this is such a freaking oxymoron but whatever i was gonna say i hate it when people are judgmental and <laughs> and like it's such a turnoff for somebody to be like judging things all the time but that's literally what no. critics do but is it judgmental to judge a judgmental critic so no, I am think i judgmental you're... so do i not like myself I think what you're saying is, though, because I, I think I agree with the vibe of what you're giving off, which is like, I don't like if I go see a movie with someone and as soon as we leave, the first thing out of their mouth is something like extremely negative. And this is if the movie was bad, the movie was bad and that's fine. But if it was like a totally fine, serviceable movie and the first thing the person does is like complain about it when we yeah. leave the movie theater, I'm like, can we just like. Can we, like, go back and forth a little bit? Can we, like, give in some of the stuff you yes. did like? Or, oh, you know who I don't like? You know what a pet peeve of mine is? Maybe it's this judgmental. What a frick it. <laughs> um, I hate it when people go to a restaurant and they're restaurant complainers. Like, I hate it when they, like, complain about, they get their food and they complain about, about the food and they're like, oh, do you, like, want to send it back? And it's like, no, it's fine. It's like, okay, so you just want to bitch about your food? <laughs> It's like, that's what you want. Like, it's not bad enough for you to return it, but it's bad they enough just for you to about rant it. about it. Yeah. yeah they, they want the sympathy. Like, oh, the, the, the martyr thing. Oh, it's fine. It's like, yeah. no, just yeah. me. Just me. Hey, I will complain and I will send it back. If it's not what I yeah. want, there's nothing wrong with it. I, there are lots, there's lots of places where I am, you know, as, you know, it's been said about me many times that I'm known as a little bit of a, sitter a little bit of a peacemaker <laughs> um i don't I, uh, I don't like conflict Todd. yeah i'm, I'm very non-confrontational but there's certain things that like yeah yeah no that's something that i like yeah no i ordered something i want it the way that i ordered it it's not that way it's getting sent back yeah yeah i take it and i eat it and if i don't like it i don't like it but i don't say anything about it i'm, I'm just like 
I okay. think I fall in the middle somewhere. I might make like one comment about it. It'd be really, I would probably not send something back. It would have to be like really not what I ordered or yeah. like raw chicken or like it would right. have to be something really, really, really yeah. bad for me. To when I was at a wedding the other week, they, um, they gave my friend who is um 20 weeks pregnant the raw steak I've ever seen. I know you can eat like raw steak or like rare steak, but I it literally just looked like it was seared on the outside and it looked uncooked in the middle. And I was like, what in the world? Who? <laughs> but then it was the wildest thing. Her husband, who's Texan, took the steak and ate the whole fucking thing. And I was like, that is fucking the most disgusting just, shit I've ever just seen. like some rare steak. I mean, he was like, look, like when I was at the farm, like we had cows and then you like blah, you blah, blah. So I was like, okay. <laughs> that's the rarest uh, steak I've ever seen. It was disgusting. Uh, so Amy and Dawson end up going back to her place because he has to do research for a paper on first time directors. And she's like, let's go back to my place. Uh, it's still early um and they talk about like they both leave junior mints in the freezer which i don't like junior mints so i, I don't know i mean i like chocolate in the freezer though so i guess that i'm pro junior mint in the freezer um then we're at civilization and uh audrey is and i think this is a yet again this is where sarah and audrey uh are one in the same to me um and, and audrey's reaction to getting rehired where PC's like she wants you back and Audrey's like why did she change her mind he's like yeah. she just said like she she just wants you she knows you're good and she wants you around and she's just like this isn't true like why did she change her mind there's something going on here there's an ulterior motive and yeah, she's suspicious <laughs> Does she, she like chokes him out a little bit as well <laughs> she grabs him by the throat it's like your, your pulse jumped why your pulse jump like you have your fingers in my jugular. I'm afraid of dying. Yeah. <laughs> and, but, but Audrey knows, though, like she has a sense of what's going on. She's like, yeah. did she hit on you? And in my opinion, this if if, if Pacey was going to like lie or omit some parts of the truth, this is the part where he should come clean. When she yes. asks, has she hit on you? This is when you say, okay. Yes, she did. She's trying to make it up to me. She's trying to make things better. Todd, this is the point where this is the point of no return where he goes off the deep end. Yeah, because before you could say, oh, I because the kids use later, like, oh, I didn't think it was going to happen again. I didn't want to cause a scene, that sort of stuff. You know, he could like throw that out here as he admits it, and it would be, yeah, she might still be upset, but it's like salvageable. But he flat out lies to her. She asked multiple times, did she make out with you? Did she make a pass at you? Yeah. And he just you know, doubles down and tries to gaslight her a little bit yeah. about yeah. it all. And it's, you know, it's it's awful. I'm just sitting there going, Pacey, what are you doing? Yeah. Pacey, what's yeah. wrong? Even, even if the juggler's line made me laugh, because I also would freak out if, if someone like suddenly wrapped their hands around my neck, my pulse would be racing too. I agree, Pacey. But you're lying to your girlfriend for no good reason. Yeah. Stop this is it. when, and I, I understand maybe it's one of those things where he's like, cause he's literally at work when this is happening, Sarah, but like pull Audrey aside. Right. Cause none of your logic makes sense of like why she wants Audrey back. Like Audrey knows she's a shitty waitress. So she knows <laughs> it's not cause of that. Um, so rude. It's, I think that she is a good waitress. No, she says herself. I'm not. This is not me saying. She says I am a terrible waitress, and everyone knows it. The only yeah. reason I stuck around is because of my boobs. 
you know, that was my other favorite part of the scene is like, he's like, she wants you back. You're such a good race uh, waitress. And she's like, I am not. What are you talking about? Yeah, she knows. She's and, aware. Yeah. And so it's like they're getting into like a big fight, a big confrontation. And this is when Alex comes out and she's like, can you can you keep it quiet? And uh, and this is like, <laughs> Audrey's like, sure. Um, and she, Audrey just knows. She's just like, having me back is the last thing that woman wants. Like, she can sense it that there is something more going on. And her, her spidey senses are tingling. And she's absolutely 100% correct, Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the intuition just really... Um, like pounds in your head and you know you don't have a good feeling about it she's right she definitely has a good read um and it really stinks when you have a feeling that like you're right about something and they actively are uh denying it so it's 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 really rough to see and then also i kind of feel for audrey because um i don't know like she actively made a decision to not continue the relationship with Chris, her um, ex-boyfriend recently. She was honest with Pacey about her kiss. um, And, you know, like, there's just, like, it just feels really rough. And then also, I don't like how they put her in a position where she had to be, like, the screaming, um, like, the yelling girlfriend that doesn't trust Pacey. You know, I think yep. that that feels like uh, unfair for her. Yeah, she's really put in a tough position where she's also being like gaslit, right? Yeah. Where Pacey mm-hmm. is like, because I think, I, I think that um, Audrey is not susceptible to Alex's manipulation. Um, but she trusts Pacey and Pacey is lying to her and be, are you crazy? No, of course that's not why when it is. Um, so it's really, really, it's shitty because we love Audrey. Audrey is like the most innocent in this situation. And like you said, she was very honest with Pacey and the fact that Pacey even mentions that in this episode makes it even more frustrating that then he continues to lie to her. Um, but she storms out. She's quitting Todd. She's done. She's said, I'm out of here. I'm quitting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and I need to take a chance to say I love Audrey. It was my first time being yes. on since Audrey joined the cast. And I love Busy Phillips and I love Audrey. She's like a great character and it just sucks having to to see her go through this in this episode. But every scene with her is just, you know, gold in this episode. Yeah. From from the acting standpoint. Just like she's just like a fireball and hilarious and also heartbreaking. And yeah. I'm it was nice to be able to come back and revisit uh, her on the show. Yeah, I, I I totally agree. Hey, Sarah, I know you've been really into reading lately and you've gotten me into it as well. Yeah, well, you know what? Book of the Month made it really easy because Book of the Month offers just a few new selections every month, saving readers the hassle of figuring out what to read. One of the biggest deterrents for me is that like when I go to the library, there's like thousands and thousands of books, and I'm like, I, I, I get, I don't even know what to pick. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. They focus on new and emerging authors, which means these are books that we probably wouldn't have found out about otherwise, which is super nice. Yeah, and we also, um, I love having a really aesthetic bookshelf, and the the books that we got. It was like beautiful, high quality hardcover books plus 
free shipping, which came really quickly. Love free shipping. Uh, you and I both chose The Return of Ellie Black by Amiko Jean, which is a thriller about a missing girl. And I honestly, I really, I really couldn't put it down. I think I read it in about a 48 hour time period. It had twists, it had turns, kept me guessing the entire way through up until the very last page. <laughs> so tell me what you liked about the book then. Yeah. Uh, it was it was really good and I'm excited to dive into the other book that I have um but the great thing is Sarah is that listeners can sign up for book of the month to discover new emerging authors by going to bookofthemonth.com and using code pedals for just five dollars wow what a deal check out book of the month club for all of your reading needs yeah, seriously. Every month you could get a new group of books that you just, you know, fall in love with. So go to bookofthemonth.com and use code PEDALS for just $5 and enjoy reading. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Next, we go with uh, Dawson and Amy into her apartment um, where they're talking all about films. And one of the lines that did make me cackle, given how old the show is, is Amy saying, some girls collect shoes. I pretty much keep Amazon in business. <laughs> That's really hilarious because I remember when Amazon first came out, it was the place where I bought books and I bought DVDs. Yeah. Those were the two things that I uh, like actively was constantly buying from Amazon when it first started and um and I, it's just it's just like such a juggernaut now to be it's just it's very funny it's just yeah wild yeah but they start talking about films Todd and she is like her she's trying to assert that there isn't a truly original movie by a first time director um which i'm assuming you think is incorrect given that Dawson can name about like 15 uh yeah. right off the bat <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. There are definitely films that first-time directors have put out that are inventive and, you know, groundbreaking. Um, it's rarer than than you know, not, you know. It's I think there are quite a few people out there who do that they get started are trying to imitate their their peers. I mean, even like some of the ones that he mentions, like in Reservoir Dogs. I mean, yeah, it's like it's a great movie, but Tarantino is very much a director who like steals from other people and like yeah. reinvents stuff. So not as much in Reservoir Dogs as like maybe Pulp Fiction or Kill Bill or some other things. But I still think even there, there's some like DNA of other films that he kind of like sprinkles in there. So I do think it is a thing that yeah, most first time directors probably are you know. Because they're they're new, kind of like a lot of first time writers are. You know, they go to what they know, and it's mm -hmm. really it is hard to be a true original. Yes. But it does happen. Uh, but yeah. I think yeah. expecting that to be the the norm, which seems to be like Dawson is leaning towards a little bit, 
uh, I think is too far the other direction. So not surprisingly, uh, Dawson and Amy both seem to be like on opposite ends of a spectrum instead of like in a more, you know, understandable middle ground of reality. Yeah. But uh, that just yeah. fans the flames of yeah. their, yes. their romance. Oh, yes. Um, as they, they have sex in the middle of the floor surrounded by VHS tapes. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it was just like, boom, done. Like, that's it. Now we have Sarah Dawson has not just slept with Jen, but he has now also slept with Amy, who we've only seen one other episode, um, very quick, but it feels like, uh, it kind of tracks like she's older, she's wise, she's a movie critic. So like, they do have that very much in common. Um, and of course, naturally, the first thing to come up after they have sex is, oh, about how the whole business of people asking each other how it was afterwards comes from movies because it's an expositional device needed because of the cutaway, Sarah. Yeah, it's just so meta. <laughs> it really is. So meta. Well, there, yeah. There's no cutaway scene in real life. There's no audience to spoon feed something they weren't allowed to see. I don't know. I'm not enjoying foreplay by movie. That's like not really <laughs> what I'm into. I did find um, Amazon has like a very good system for keeping all of your orders. I did find my very first Amazon order back what was it? on was it a movie? October. Uh, no, books. October 11th, 2005, I bought Gossip Girl number eight. <laughs> Nothing can keep us. Um, okay, well, <laughs> nothing can keep us together. Wow, that was really. Uh, and I also bought a copy of Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince, which <laughs> I'm pretty positive I had already owned because i thought that used to go to the midnight releases but whatever uh -huh. so that was my very first amazon order um i also soon bought the notebook on dvd soon after on december <gasps> 17th 2005 can i tell you mm -hmm. back on i was just trying to look at to see if i could find my oldest thing it does yeah. i don't know if this is the oldest but it is from 2010 um I was that, shopping on Amazon five years before you. That's no, really I embarrassing. Think, I don't think this is my oldest order, but it, it is from 2010. I bought seasons two, three, and four of Boy Meets World on DVD. <laughs> oh, there you go. How funny is that? You did good. Wow. Wow. Yeah, Todd, if you can find your oldest yeah. order, let us know. I'm pretty sure that I ordered things before where this is saying I ordered things. I can remember like shopping on Amazon whenever I was still working on my, my undergrad. And this is saying that I didn't place an order until after I finished my undergrad. Mm. Uh, cause I, uh, cause I remember never Amazon was just books and books only. Yeah. Uh, back to the point in time where you could like go on and say, okay, here's a book that I want you don't have in stock then okay well we will search booksellers all over the place and we will email you if we find a copy of a book and give you a price oh, at that point in time that's a good system because uh, there's yeah because I remember doing that for this uh comic book collection that I was really wanting to read and track down and I like had Amazon workers working for it so the mm. earliest thing it has for me is 98 which would have been after but there's also was a thing that for initially showed up saying check archived orders but then after i picked a year the archive mine is gone too is, todd yes i had the same thing so it's not showing me the option to look at archived it. orders anymore but right now the earliest thing that shows me ordering is a couple of a uh, this will be very on brand for me a couple of a, a broadway musical soundtracks there you so, go think, yeah 
Forbidden Broadway, uh, Strikes Back, and then Lucky Stiff. Love which it. were which were hmm. both things that I saw at my local college. Uh, so oh, yeah, that's fascinating. Um, I don't know why mine is so prevalent, but it's there every single order since two thousand five. There we go. Um, Amazing. We find da- Dawson finds uh, what's her name? She Amy. is so unforgettable. To no, me. forgettable. <laughs> She, okay well she's- <laughs> <laughs> yeah she she basically she made she wasn't a critical film major she was sure. a filmmaking major she made a movie called the marjorie game yeah um but she won't allow him to watch it uh and the reason is todd she says it sucks it's the worst yeah, I can understand that. I can understand not wanting to share this thing that you did whenever you were young and unskilled and have had people tear it to shreds. You know, if I had anything like that, I would not want to show it to anybody because yeah. it would be like have wounded me deep down inside. I mean, even just so whenever I was in my undergrad English major, there was like a literary magazine type thing that we put together and I had submitted a story for it and then I was on the editorial group like trying to pick things it was all anonymous so I'm sitting there's people are like ripping my thing to shreds and I'm just sitting there going I cannot defend myself I cannot defend myself (laughs) I want to defend myself but I cannot even though the thing that got me the most was like the thing that they complained about the most of it was the thing that I only put in there because my creative writing teacher told me I need to do it oh and the thing they hated the most was the thing that I did just to placate her yeah and then I'm like um well you know I was in I I know this one because I was in class the person who wrote this and I know they did not (laughs) You're like, I'm not saying it's me, but I'm pretty yeah. sure the person would say this. The writer would, they would say this, the creator. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, no, I totally get it. Her not wanting him to see it. Um, and, of course, he's like, well, you saw my first, you know, movie. So maybe I should be able to see yours. Um, but we have to go back to the library. Joey is still studying here in her same old seat when Audrey walks in. She's having boy trouble, Sarah. And because of the roommate, uh, the roommate agreement, this is a legally binding contract. Joey is obligated to help her. Um, Joey denies everything Audrey is saying. Audrey is like this boss. She's the affair type. She's Donna Karen in a business suit. Uh, she's Femme Patel with an MBA and how to take your man away. Mm-hmm. Um, and Joey says what well, we're all saying, which is, uh, you know, Pacey doesn't cheat. PC never cheats. PC exactly. is not a cheater. Exactly. So maybe it's something. Maybe he's got to surprise you with something. Like maybe he's going to get you a present. Apparently this is enough to talk Audrey off the ledge for now, Sarah. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, what Joey was saying is very understandable. I think that that would be the same response as me. If I knew somebody for my entire life pretty much as pace uh pacey and joey have known each other since they were kids i think i also would give the benefit of the doubt to pacey especially knowing how the andy pacey thing went down so she has like historic um like experience as to how loyal uh, loyal pacey is as well Mm -hmm. as dating pacey herself um so you know i just think that um that makes sense i don't blame um joey and i probably would have done the same and i think that um audrey going to 
Joey about this also makes sense because she does have the most experience uh, knowing Pacey and his character. And mm-hmm. I don't blame Audrey for believing Joey for at least a little no, bit. No, because, because also I think it makes sense, Todd, that she goes to Joey because Joey is like the logical one. She's the down-to-earth one. She's the one who can calm Audrey down. Um, so I think it does also track that Joey would be the person to go to about this. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And also, Joey can sit there and go, okay, every piece of evidence you're giving me is that this woman is trying to hit on Pacey. Right. But nothing you've told me says that Pacey has done anything. And that's true exactly. because every everything that Audrey is saying, this woman is definitely going to try to do something. And also, Pacey is hiding something. And those yeah. could be connected, but they're not necessarily connected, which is the thing that Joey's putting out. And Joey, like I said, Joey's like, I've watched four and a half seasons of the show. I know Pacey would never do this sort yes. of thing. You know? Exactly. Joey is all of us. Um, but I do <laughs> yeah. love I do love Audrey's response of like, oh, earrings would be nice. You know, hoops, maybe rhinestones. Ooh, turquoise to match my ring. And Joey's like, you should study. And she's like, oh, yeah, that's right. Like, finals are coming up, right? And Joey's like, Audrey. She's like, I just did it to annoy you. And Sarah, um, I I messaged you and you were, like, uh, so astonished when Audrey calls Joey Bunny. It was just like, could you two be more alike? (sighs) Okay, so, Todd, I, 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 my pet name with my fiance has been for, I, I mean, more than 10 years, Bunny or Buns. It's so wild i i don't understand it's so mm-hmm. weird but I the evidence the evidence keeps mounting that you're the same person i've never right seen there. them in the same place at the same time <laughs> <laughs> this is why sarah wants it to cover the show <laughs> oh i knew it the like, whole time yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, no, it's oh just talk weird. more about how great audrey is <laughs> <laughs> that's very on brand as well yeah um well because is is this the point i think this is also Hmm. the point where joey's like not everything is about you audrey oh yeah i've heard that before too and i was like usually is usually is is. (laughs) so funny um so audrey is starting to study and then we're at oh oh okay i can't i'm i'm getting mad already it's fine i'm gonna try to contain the rage um we're at civilization pacey is like about to leave and alex is there doing paperwork and he's about to go out and he's like oh are you gonna be here for a while it's getting late like and on top of that it's like a really nasty place to be because we all know again based on joey's experience alone boston is so unpopulated and scary to be in there's never anyone around you could get mugged on any corner uh and he says you shouldn't walk home alone and she's like well i have to do all this paperwork for management in the morning he's like well let me carry your books for you this is todd oh infuriating infuriating okay okay pacey can be like this this is true pacey can be a little bit like knight in shining armory type of guy this is true but like we all know the reason the show is trying to have him stick around it's because like oh he's intrigued my new boss alex yeah it's it's bad like i said it at this point it tracks with pacey it's very much something that pacey would do especially after joey having been attacked and that horrible 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 episode uh you know it it makes sense for pacey to do this and so i didn't necessarily have problems with this part of it other than like you said knowing where it was going to lead i'm like uh i know this i know this is going to go bad places but it makes sense so i didn't necessarily have a problem with that and at this point i was also no 
briefly like okay she's like she's even telling them go home to your audrey you know you don't have to say go you know so she's actually like trying to she's not if she, she might be doing like a subtle manipulation but she is very much trying not trying at this point to keep him there she's not trying to guilt him into staying she's not trying to do anything yeah. like that she's actually at this point the things that she's saying the things she's doing it, it temporarily fooled me into thinking that okay in this episode you know Audrey's gonna see him helping her and he's gonna get upset even though yeah. at that point nothing's gonna happen I thought that's where it was going I thought well maybe she's not as awful as as I would think she later turned out to be because even at the beginning that stuff I think in retrospect it's a lot easier to see how manipulative it was you know yeah. compared to well, later. now that we've seen it all for sure yeah for sure but yeah it gets it gets worse and worse as he offers to walk her home and she says okay who am i to argue with the chivalrous gentleman of this hour uh so they go to leave and then sarah <laughs> we're back at this frat house who would have thought who would have thought uh, yeah we done but no we got polar bear we got blossom we got douchebags douchebags everywhere <laughs> Eric, i'm so sick and tired of this. i i am really shocked that they got polar bear uh polar, polar bear back we haven't seen polar bear in a really long time it's i i can't believe we're back at the, the frat house but i i'm so curious what caused this desperation he felt like he really could not do it like well, it seems really like, needs to resort to cheating yeah that's what it feels i mean it feels i mean yeah i mean, I mean that's what it is that, that, Andy, that is like, what it is but it's just it's just so bad but like it doesn't make any sense to me like why they would help him todd like if he's gonna say like you better help me or i'm gonna tell i'm gonna tattle on you and say you have test files in your frat house like that's one thing, but why would they help him? Like it did not end well with them, Jack. Yeah, yeah. I was. I almost went back to watch some of the the Jack Frat episodes. So I was trying to. I I looked it up to remind myself exactly how it ended. Because I'm like, I don't remember ending well. I mean, anytime you are leaving your fraternity, it's probably not unless you're leaving because you can't afford the dues. Right, That's like the yeah. only thing that people could like probably forgive you. But or, no, you don't, but, though, Todd. Like, I've heard so many stories. Like, no matter the reason, if you drop your sorority or fraternity, they're basically banned from continuing a friendship with you. And that's, like, the toxic shit that I don't love about Greek life. Like, you're basically, like, persona non grata. Yeah. You don't it's, pay for friendship. I don't like that. But I'm well, saying, no, but I'm saying if you're, is if that if won't. you drop it then it, it you don't keep those friends usually yeah like maybe fucked. like a spare one here and there but you don't but yeah it's it's totally fucked and they just basically make fun of jack for even trying which is messed up and it, it kind of backwards to what blossom was the one who was like jack you can't be in this frat if you don't maintain a good gpa but then Jack is trying to, I mean, I know Jack's not in the frat anymore, but Jack is trying now and all he's doing is like poking fun at him. And then we got fucking Eric behind just like listening in. And I'm like, you know what, Eric, you could go fuck yourself and get out of here. Cause no one has your stupid opinion. And like, this is all just so stupid. It's all dumb. And yeah. Jack needs help. And he ends up just leaving because again, why are they going to help him? They're, they're yeah. not going to help Jack. And he makes this like big impassioned moral high ground speech. And I'm like, Ugh. I mean, I I don't think anything he says is necessarily wrong here, but at the same time, do you really have like the moral authority to, to 
to right. say. I mean, and it's not I, gonna like matter. You're wasting your breath, essentially. Yeah. Do you? Um, this kind of reminds me almost like the stealing of the test scores of uh, that. Both Greek did something similar to this, and also Sex Lives of College Girls did it right. in the second season or first season. Uh, yeah, uh, first first season where uh, you. <laughs> That I mean, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but it's such a trope that there's like test scores in a drawer. I, I mean, don't know I didn't mind true. it because in this episode, it was so like it was a blip, like it didn't actually really go anywhere. Yeah, it's just like to give Jack more to do. It feels like honestly, because it's like okay, he tries studying around Pacey and he tries studying around Grams, and none of this seems to be going very well. And so he finally like it's like maybe I'll just cheat to get by this semester, and then yeah. I'm assuming go back to studying next semester. I think that they probably had it in the contract that speaking guest roles like Polar Bear and Blossom that they had to get a certain amount of thresholds of how many episodes <laughs> that they're in. Yeah. So in my opinion, it might have been like kind yeah, of just yeah, like because, no. Because you can tell polar bear has pool. You know, he's such yeah. a <laughs> stupid polar bear. Um, we're back at Amy's apartment. And when I tell you I fucking died at Dawson wrapped a, a blanket around his waist, no shirt on, answers the door to get Chinese food. The audacity. Put pants on, good man. Like, there's a delivery guy who doesn't want to <laughs> see just in, case, just in case some flapping happens with the blanket. There's no delivery guy who's, like, wanting to see. I think James Vanderbeek was like, can we please just let me show off my rock hard abs and, like, hairy chest <laughs> so people know I'm not actually a child? Yeah. <laughs> I accept it. I accept it. It's fine. I didn't hate it. I'm just, it's so, it's so she, ridiculous. She's kind of more clothed than him. She's more clothed and not for nothing. Um, I don't think you should allow Dawson to be walking around with just a blanket around his waist when you lit 50,000 fucking candles in your apartment. <laughs> I know myself. I am such a freaking, um, I'm such a klutz. If I was doing that and dragging the blanket all around, the blanket would catch on fire. All the candles would be knocked to the ground. She's wearing a robe. That's going to catch on fire. Like, yeah, this it's is like so polyester. Bad. It's a synthetic material. If it was cotton, maybe it would be okay, but not yeah. polyester. Uh, Todd, what do you think about this? <laughs> um, but I didn't even it didn't even like click with me on my first watch of the episode. Then I did the rewatch. Like, wait, what is he doing? Why is he? What? Yeah, yeah it's yeah, it's a little wild. Uh, the the candle so thing didn't didn't come to my head at all. But I'm also not a candle person, so I guess I just kind of like put it out of my There's mind, just, like, like in but... the fireplace, like on the floor, everywhere where it feels like you're gonna catch something on fire. There are fire, there there are candles everywhere. How many candles are too many candles at the she same time? She has like 70 in there. Look, I think that it is a romantic trope and these two are so hard on about movies is that they have to go to every single little movie trope. And part of that is a billion candles. Well, that and this whole conversation, it revolves around the fact that Amy is no longer a filmmaker. She was given a chance to be a critic. She is really good at it and it makes her happy. And so she left filmmaking behind and moved on with her life. And I'm like, you know what, Dawson? Maybe don't pressure her to like get into tons of debt to make another film when I don't know, Todd, like she seems pretty happy with her life the way it is. Yeah, I think I think the thing that was key in her answer to him was like, that makes me happy. Because if she mm. said, I got this job and I'm good at it, so I've stuck with it, 
then that's not the same thing that you're enjoying. You're like, oh, I'm good at something, so I'm going to do it. Yeah. That's different than, because she was, because she was like, I always had a dream. I always wanted to do this. And then I had one bad experience. And so I went to do something else. So yeah, yeah there could be a, a thing like, you know, don't let that one bad experience kill your dreams. But here she says, I got this job and I, I'm really good at it. And that makes me happy. And if she really means that, his point should be like, well, if that really makes you happy, then then I'm I'm happy you found that. But if it doesn't yeah. really make you happy, then you know you shouldn't let fear. You know, then you know make it a little bit more nuanced. But Dawson doesn't have a whole lot of nuance in him, and uh, so which I think impacts his filmmaking probably a bit. Um, I'm I'm glad I got an episode where we got lots of Dawson uh, pontificating and being a pretentious ass about movies, like, yeah, <laughs> uh, and it made me so happy. Yeah. Like, like. Never first face up with her because they're both pretentious about the movie that uh, she left to see. She talked about he like with all the other freaks watching storytelling. Have you seen that? Oh, I have no desire to. And granted, yeah. I wasn't a big fan of storytelling, but still, it's like just like being so pretentious about all like, ah, oh, yeah, there's Dawson. There's Dawson yeah. right there. Yeah, uh, that's the type so. of conversation that I just would like to eject myself from. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I, I could not, you cannot pay me to hear people be like, oh. Like, yeah this popular thing just like absolutely freaking blows and everyone's <laughs> stupid like, the only movie that's acceptable yeah. for is uh one of the jurassic variety <laughs> you know that, you that, know it's targeted. Least... that feels very targeted yeah it's very targeted very yeah. specific and uh, at the very least i do joking. appreciate that while he says like well it's very smart and practical and she says and a little sad and he goes a little and i like i think that's totally fine and reasonable like you can have a dream that just like never comes true it's never fulfilled because fucking life right like life happens shit happens you don't always get to do your big dreams um but like I think that's okay and it's okay to admit that like yeah maybe I didn't do this thing I really wanted to do and maybe that is a little bit sad but that doesn't mean my whole life is sad and that doesn't mean I'm not happy and I'm not happy with what I'm doing um so I do have like a, a, a lot of respect for Amy um in that like she's doing what she wants to do she maybe it didn't work out filmmaking didn't work out but she's still doing stuff in the film arena you know like she still has a job in that a area of expertise um and like she's a respected film critic like that's pretty dang cool um so then oh my god ah! okay pacey is walking alex so i can't home from the restaurant and uh they're like having this whole walk and talk and blah 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 she's staying at like some kind of themed like in room again she needs her own place and he says, oh, well, you really should consider taking over my apartment. And then Sarah, he says the thing. He's like, you know what? If you ever want to come by and look at it, you could bring Theo, which is some bull's head, for a second opinion. She's like, oh, you sure? He says, yeah, of course. And she That's says, on oh, him. Yeah, that is on him. It's so nice to have you as a friend. And this hug lasts forever. I don't hug anybody this long. No. Why is he hugging oh. her? Why oh. is he hugging her for crying out loud? No one I know I know I know it's so bad it's so bad um and really this is on him like you if you can't if you actively know that you're attracted to someone uh it's okay like you can be attracted to people when you're in a relationship it happens but you have to create those healthy boundaries so you don't cross the line inviting people back to your apartment at nighttime is not a healthy boundary to create 
Yes. Not great. Not great. Um, I played a game over the weekend where it was uh, kind of on a scale from zero to 100. How uh, much do you like hugs? Which was one of the questions. I just want to do a quick uh, turnaround because it was very illuminating about how much do I like hugs from a scale zero to 100. Who am I hugging? It's just how much do you like hugs, Jessica? Just answer the question. Zero to 100. I said, I said 30. I'm not a hugger. No, I really don't like either. hugs. I'll go to 25 because like 25%. Oh, I any- like hugs more than you. I think so. So, okay. I have a question. If we both really don't like hugs, what, like when we see each other, how about we just not hug? We don't have to. It's out of obligation that we do it. All right. So that's an official friend conversation. But does that mean we're less friends if we don't hug? No, that means nothing. Not that even, says nothing not about remotely. our friendship. Okay. Todd, how about you? What's your hug score? Um, I'm probably in the 90s. all the guys i went on vacation with were really high in the hug now i need to ask my husband what his guys are pro hug and i mean i don't know but like the girls that i mean i asked you when you said a low score i said a low score we're anti-hug it doesn't matter if it's my mom or my best friend no that's what i'm saying my mom i don't hug my parents like i I don't want to hug anybody fascinating this is a, a, a very illuminating conversation because i'm i think i'm in on something here also todd i brought this up before but do you know the origins of the guy bro handshake and I was, where I was, did it I come was just from of, i was just thinking about that as you mentioned talk about, talk about the hug thing because i do have i do have guy friends who are not big huggers and, uh, I you do know, mainly and, handshake. You do the one and, hand and there, pop there on be, the back, and there be the bro hug thing. So yeah, I, even though I'm a big hugger, not all guys are big huggers. I do have like okay. some close friends who I kind of I kind of broke down over time. And, uh, you know, and now they're more okay, fine, like full hug, whatever. But yeah, I don't know the origins of the. It's just one of the things that just yeah. But I how, cannot tell you when I learned the. I don't know. It. I don't know. I could not tell you where it first started. If it's something we just saw in movies and then went, well, this is the thing that guys do. But I, I it's because they can't hug because their dicks can't get too close. (laughs) So they have to have the hand as a barrier for so it's less intimate. Sarah, do you want to take a guess at what my husband uh, said was his score? He's like a 75. Very close. He said 70. He says, I like a hug, a solid 70. He also said 69, if that's funnier. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Nice. Okay. Well done, Will. Well done, Will. All right. Well, Um, I still, that still proves that guys are huggers. He is a hugger. He likes to hug. Guys are huggers. Who knew? All right. So we're going, we're going to uh, let. Back to the library. Oh, back to the library again. Okay. We're going back to the library. Yeah. Because Audrey can't stop talking about what PC might be planning and she's like maybe it's a massage and then she starts talking about how awful the chairs are for her butt and Joey gets pissed <laughs> Joey is had enough she's just like you need to leave because I need to study and Audrey's Boo. like I think I'm gonna go see PC <laughs> <laughs> which like is it two in the morning at this point like, yes it is it is two like in the mor- it's so late um yeah I was definitely the chatter at the school library in college again unsurprising yeah we <laughs> we caused a lot of noise and sometimes we ordered like full meals at the library and ate with our friends at the oh library my god and studied yeah and that this- definitely happened so Audrey leaves and then Jack 
Todd, Jack has the audacity, the audacity to be like, hey, Joey, we're still friends, right? Can you teach me calculus? <laughs> the fuck? Are you kidding me? And again, at what time is this? Like, at what time of night is this that he's popping yeah. in, yes, interrupting it's her, interrupting her while she's trying to cram for her finals to try to beg her help? Just like Jack, Jack. Yeah, again, I haven't been rewatching the season. I don't know when was the last time that Jack and Joey had any sort of well, like you spring know... break, they chatted, but it wasn't like a serious chat. Like they have, they don't hang out at all. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's stupid. It's dumb. Uh, he's like, she's like his last resort. Um, and then we go back to Amy's bedroom where it seems like they fucked again. Or maybe they're just laying in her bed. But it seems like, well, why would they have ended up in her bed unless they had sex a second time? Okay. Which I'm like, Dawson should be watching movies, but he's too busy getting busy. Yeah, I mean, they he still could be watching movies of any type while having sex. So... Okay, that is so okay. If, if he is like, hold on, I while we have sex, let me watch one of the movies I need to watch for my final. Like, it's not like he's watching porn. Like, he would be watching a movie to be like critically reviewing it for a final. You can't do that. Yes, you can. What? Of course you can. What are you talking about? No, I would be pissed if I was her and that happened. They both like movies. They probably would <laughs> like that. Oh, you think that's like what turns them on? Like, oh, yes, that yes, is what Spielberg. I've been saying for the last hour and eleven minutes and thirty-two <laughs> seconds. That She's is like, exactly yes, what Spielberg, I've been saying. Give me that camera angle. Yeah, yeah. that <laughs> is what I'm saying. That is their foreplay. Yes. Ooh, look at that amazing scene. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yes. check off skull, Ooh. baby. Yeah, I I got a tracking <laughs> shot for you, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, Zoom right. in on this, honey. Yeah. Zoom in on this. Yeah. The. <laughs> I bet you know what? Oh my gosh! I bet hmm. Todd that this 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 duo when they're having sex, they're very much like, oh, and if this was a movie, the camera would be over here. Yes. This yes. Is the soundtrack. Would be here. Yes. Everything that they do together in a sexual way is going to be a trope, and that's because they're yeah. so obsessed with movies and i don't expect anything less from dawson leary no also i have to do i have to give a quick shout out to adam who i know is going to be upset because todd is actually talking about like having sex and like weird <laughs> things with us and he never does it on uh, one indescribable podcast so I, shout you, out guys to adam, are, you guys are good eggs over there you don't have the e right todd the e the explicit. yeah yeah no yeah, yeah, e. e. yeah not ecstasy the explicit marker <laughs> that either, that either. <laughs> there's no ease over there <laughs> But yeah, so oh. that's that's why. So so did I specifically talk about that stuff now just to get Adam riled up? Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. You know what? I it. love it even more, Todd. Rub we it in the face. Say, no, we I, love a petty king. We do. <laughs> I, I will say, I think the problem is like Adam tries to personalize it too much. Adam tries to get oh, us to talk about yeah. our own. Our own. own yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is this is the I move, would never Adam. You gotta do slip that. it on in when they're not suspecting it. You gotta talk ah. about the episode. Yeah, slip it on in. Um, but yeah, so apparently, uh, get this, Sarah. I, mm -hmm. I fucking can't with this show. Get this. Amy decided that the reason that she knew he was safe and genuine and a kindred spirit is because he wears fucking sketchers. Hmm. And I fucking can't sketchers. Yeah, sketch. Yeah. I mean, I know we're not in the modern day in this time. Fucking sketchers. 
If I yeah, see a guy wearing Skechers, I'm looking the other direction. Yeah. Thank you. Those are, are not sexy shoes. shoes. They're not. I it's love Mr. Car Cover. We're loafers. <laughs> I I mean, I'm not a loafer. Gal, it depends though. on the loafer. I do love like a brown leather shoe that has like a good amount of structure to it and it ties. I mean, on shoes a guy are... you're talking about or on yourself? Yeah, of course. You know, like the yeah. traditional nice shoe. Um, I like. What do else do I like? I don't care about guys' shoes. Like, well, I that's just... on you. <laughs> I mean, I would care if it was like something like strange, but like. Just give him, like, a black and white sneaker, and, like, that's fine. Like, it doesn't matter. I definitely look at shoes. Yeah? Uh, but then again, like, I also have sex with the person that has the ugliest shoes in the universe. They're so <laughs> ugly. They're literally the ugliest shoes I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and guess what? It's almost spring, so he's planning on making another pair. No, so the same ones, determined. though? Maybe no, he changes ones. it every time, and it just gets worse. Maybe he'll get less ugly. You need to describe mm. the shoes to Todd so he could judge for himself. So they are custom Converse, and he's made three so far. One, I would say, is, like, the colors of ketchup and mustard. <laughs> The next one it was blue, which I thought was going to be good, but then he did like the tongue of the shoe in this like Kelly green, and I was like, nope, nope. <laughs> and then the latest like one, I really tried him to go gray, but instead he did the yellow body and then gray accents. So <laughs> they're very like ostentatious shoes. The last one was the best out of the three, but that's saying something because they're legitimately the, the yellow ones shoes. that I hate the most are the the, the ketchup and ketchup mustard. And mustard. Those were the, the worst. Ugliest. So then they've gotten better progressively. So maybe maybe next time we'll get a, even better. Yeah, uh, I was part of the designer of the latest round of shoes, but I uh, I did not I did not. Maybe I I don't want. Maybe they're. Are they gray with a yellow accent or yellow with a gray accent? Nonetheless, they're both ugly. All right. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, uh, she says, Amy says, maybe the problem with your girlfriend was that she didn't appreciate quality footwear. Uh, and Dawson says, oh, we're still friends. And this is the this is the show at this point trying to gaslight us into being like, oh, well, you must not have had any passion. You must mm. not have any passion with Jen. Well, I'm like, we all oh, saw yeah. them have sex and it was passionate. Thank it was very, very passionate. Much. Yep. Um, but yeah, so this is when uh, Dawson's like, oh, they're, you know, um, you know, you oh, you must be a passionate guy and you must do. There's someone out there who turns your life wildly upside down. And Todd. Here we are, two episodes to the finale of season five, and we're back to the Dawson and Joey of it all. <sighs> yeah, yeah. I was, I was never a Dawson Joey shipper. I never was like on that train. So to see it come up again here, I'm just like, oh yeah, that's right. We do have to like ride that merry-go-round yep. at least one more time here, don't we? Yep, yep. Because. Uh, she asks, like, why aren't you with her? And he says, bad timing. Like, I blew my chance. And then she slept with another guy. And Amy's like, uh, you just slept with me. So <laughs> what does that mean? You moved on? Uh, and we're left on that kind of, like, a little bit of a hanger there where we're like, oh, okay. So obviously Dawson is going to be like, well, maybe I should give it another go with Joey. Let's, let's keep this party moving on. Um, yeah. Thanks, Amy. I liked you up until this point. Now you're yeah. throwing that back. <laughs> yeah, stop, Amy. <laughs> 
Um, so Jack comes back in the house. Grams is there, and she's like, "We've been waiting for you." Fucking Eric and the audacity, the audacity yes. of this man, Sarah. I yeah, can't. this was pretty su- surprising, and I don't really understand his reasoning for wanting to help Jack because he stated, "Because Guilt. you helped me." That's what he said. He said, because you helped me. And I guess, like, he means, like, oh, you helped me realize, like, who I truly am. But then he also betrayed Jack and then essentially got him kicked out of the house. So uh, it's a big, like, yuck for me. Yeah, I, I guess he could be he could, it'd be guilt. He could be, like, over time. He's I would realized, rather him be honest, well, oh, Todd, horrible. and say that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A, a thousand percent. Yeah. But, uh, Eric sucks, but he's here to help Jack pass his exams, so whatever. Um, meanwhile, uh, Pacey is showering when there's a knock on the door. Fucking Alex. Again, I know I said the word audacity a lot, but the fucking audacity to just show up at someone's place at two in the morning. And she's just like, oh, well, you just walked me home only an hour ago. I'm like, an hour? Bitch, an hour? An hour is enough time for me to get home, get into my pajamas, and get the fuck to bed. It is 2 a.m.? What the fuck are you doing? But he yeah. told her he was a night owl, Jess. Oh, this is so oh, yeah. I'm so pissed You're off a night owl that. like me. I thought that it wouldn't be a big deal. Yeah. I also want to say, he saw went from like in the shower to completely like dry and fully dressed. <laughs> I'm surprised so, like, they didn't have him come out and just like a towel around his waist. I know that's what I was expecting because we've already seen Dawson go to the door shirtless. Why not have Pace do it at this <laughs> well, point? Well, probably because you know? he wouldn't be able to chase after Audrey in this that's scene true. If, if he was wearing the towel. But she like again, she puts this all on him when she's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. I misjudged it again. Oh, I feel terrible." And you're just like, yep. bitch, no, you it's don't. It's such a show. It really is. It's just such a show. Yeah. And he tries to say, oh, you're not imposing. Like, you're yeah. not. Come on. Take a look around. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. No. Uh, this is the point in my my notes in all caps. Like, just let her leave, Pacey. What is wrong with you? Yep. At this yep. point, you already know that Audrey is suspicious and Audrey is upset about the whole situation. Uh just let her go. Tell her, yeah, yeah, it'd probably be better if you come back later or some other time. Something. Yeah. Like, you know, phone ahead first. I was about to go to meet something. But don't do this. And then offer something to drink. Well, the thing is, is, yeah, he offers her, like, let me get you a glass of something. Which, you know, that means someone's staying for a while. Mm-hmm. He says, I have... He gives her the options. He treats her like the child where you give them two options. They have one or the other. He says, I have OJ. I have water. She says she immediately what yes. about that shampoo yeah which makes me think that it was very intentional the plant. and also that's yeah. so rude i'm gonna give you a present of a champagne to apologize to you for being like creepy and shitty and then i'm going to ask you for that same present back so i can drink it like come on uh, yeah and and she's like a little champagne between colleagues never hurt and i think i hurt something my eyes rolled so hard in my head with I that can't. line it's i just... really can't and she so she says like so she brings it back up again she says like oh i you're such a doll i have so much respect for you having the strength not to act on this thing and he asks like what are you talking about she says the heat i felt it tonight when you hugged me i felt it that time when we kissed and of course Audrey is standing and he he does a little smirk like he does have a little smirk on his face Audrey is standing by the door and uh you know what 
I do respect the move from Audrey to do the like throat clearing and then be like, you might want to shut the door, PC. It'll keep the heat in. And she closes the door and stomps away. And I was like, you know what? Good for you, Audrey. Fuck this whole fucking situation. Get the fuck out of there. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm, I, like, I've never had the situation, so I don't know what my reaction would be. But I feel like having any words to say in this moment is like pretty great because she's probably just so baffled and and shocked at this whole situation, Todd. Yeah, no, uh, something like that happened to me. There would be no words coming out of my mouth. I'd be standing there, fist clenched, tears of rage streaming down mm-hmm. my cheeks. That's what I would be in this type of situation. I would not have the ability to form words. Like in stressful situations like that, my yeah. brain locks up. So uh, I think that's why my my D and D characters have a tendency to snap and just like tear into people because oh, I can do that in the, the game situation. Goes. Like yeah. in the, like in the game situation, I can play out the thing that I would like to do in those situations in real life. In real life, I could never be as you know witty and funny and cutting at that moment as I can make mm-hmm. my characters in a game where it's just like all fun. In real life, if that happened to me. I just like ah, uh, uh, anger. Yeah. You know? But I do have respect for Audrey that she's able to say something. And so she she runs out. Uh, Pacey runs after her. And he's, and she says, I don't want to hear your explanations. It's all very clear to me now. Um, and Pacey tries to say, well, she just dropped by. And Audrey's like, well, you obviously weren't get, trying to get her to leave. Yeah. And she he says, it's not what it looks like. Uh, and he tries to assert, like, well, she kissed me. And he says, it didn't mean anything. And Audrey says, which? The hug or the kiss? Like, Come on, PC. Like, I, I really, I hate that. Again, this is like the writing more. This is not the way PC would do any of this. This is, this is why it's so frustrating. Um, and, uh, and he tries to say like, oh, well, she did this to me. But like, it's too little too late at this point. If you wanted to come clean with Audrey, you should have done it before. You should have done it before this woman ends up in your apartment with you pouring her a glass of champagne. Like, maybe Audrey understands if you tell her like, she sexually harassed me at work. But you didn't say that. And so it looks really, really bad. And Audrey has no reason to trust you at this point, Sarah. Yeah, absolutely. I I fully support Audrey of walking out and separating herself from Pacey. And I just, it's it really sucks. And obviously it's not the Pacey that we know. What's even yeah. worse to me, it's like he comes back to the apartment She's still there and he's not like, get the fuck out of my apartment immediately. Yeah, it's all terrible because Audrey tries to say, like, if you wanted to stop it, you could have. This isn't high school. Like, you're obviously attracted to her. And if you didn't want her to hit on you again, why didn't you quit? And Todd, it really, really upsets me that he turns this around on her. And he's like, I need this job. I'm not like a spoiled rich college girl who can quit a job when the mood strikes me. It's so unfair to do that to Audrey like that. There's you should be groveling on your fucking knees to Audrey right now, not trying to turn this around on her. Yeah, I feel like a lot of this episode is people like saying something that I can kind of agree with and then going keep going. Like, no, you should have shut up halfway through, you know, saying I can't afford to quit this job because I can barely I can't afford a place to live. If he'd stop yes, there. That's all he needs to say. Yeah. That's, that's all that he needs to say at this point in time. Because part of that's true. I mean, a lot of him what he was doing could have been trying to placate her. Like, okay, maybe he's like doesn't want to upset her because he doesn't want to get fired. That could be true. But then he goes on and he doesn't just go on. He, he could say, you know, I, like, I'm not like you. I don't have a support system like you do. I, he, there are ways he could have said it that could have like yes. been explaining. Yeah. 
but spoiled little rich girl. No, no. You're trying, will... You are trying to placate this woman. You're trying to get her back on your side. You're trying yeah. to explain and, in theory, apologize. I don't think he ever really apologizes through no, all of this. No, he didn't. He's just explaining. He's just explaining the entire time. And then to insult the person that you're trying to calm down what is wrong with you, Pacey? Yeah. And it gets worse. So like, Because like Sarah says, he goes back to the apartment. Fucking Alex and her audacity of sitting on his couch with a glass of champagne after all that. Like, she doesn't know if he's going to be able to talk Audrey down and Audrey's going to come back to this apartment. Like, she she knew. She had the, like, the guts to stick around here. Yep. Yep. And she tries to say, like, oh, 19 is too young to be settling down anyway. And Pacey, again, Pacey being a fucking dick sits there and he's just like oh you drive me crazy you do realize that uh, and she says i told you i take what getting what i want for granted um and uh so then they start making out and immediately she says oh this is great too bad we have to stop and she says knowing we could do it is just enough and it's just like wow. oh my god wow like yeah. she's just there to ruin lives it's and, yeah beyond and- and she follows that up by saying, it would just be inappropriate. Like, oh, my notes say die in a fire. That's what my notes say. Oh, after that line. Fire. <laughs> because in that, and I believe that people should listen to their urges. And just, oh, she, I, I hate her. I hate her so yeah, she, much. Yeah, she's really something else. Like, I just mm-hmm. think that she is so manipulative, so evil. Life is a game. He was a plaything to her. Yep. And as soon as she got the validation that she could get whoever she wants, she disposes of him. Yep. Yeah. It's really frustrating. And so she leaves and we are back to the library where Joey is studying still uh, across from her is a couple just full on making out. And she's like, can you just like get a room, please? <laughs> Um, and then we have, uh, Jack and Eric are still studying at Graham's house. Um, and again, this is just like all about this calculus nonsense. Honestly, like it really, it it doesn't matter. Like the only reason Eric says he's there is because you helped me. Um, uh, but what? No one, no one knows. This doesn't make any sense. Um, but here we are. Um, this is fucking stupid. Moving on because no one cares. Uh, Amy's apartment. Um, Dawson is uh, getting ready to leave. And she gives him. Um, it, like She jokes that she's going to give him her movie. But it's not. Uh, it turns out that because they had the whole argument about um, like people's first films not being very good. Uh, this is Woody Allen's first film called Tiger Lily. Uh, Todd, have you heard any of this? Is this like, is this at all something uh, that is real? Yeah. It's called what's up tiger Lily. Um, oh, there we and, go. Sorry. Yeah. And yeah, I've seen it. I uh, was not a big fan of it, uh, but I also saw it a long, long time ago. So mm-hmm. uh, before I saw like any of his other movies, so all the stuff that out. I saw that Amy's talking about, about how you can see hints of Annie Hall and Hannah and Manhattan in it. I don't know if all that's true. I mean, I would assume it probably is. I assume the people Mm -hmm. writing this have some film knowledge, but it's basically just, yeah, it's like she says, he took like a a Japanese film and just overdubbed it with, so it's like an action movie that he overdubbed with people's, other people's voices to make it a comedy. Like the whole plot Mm -hmm. is around people like, 
the whole thing is mm. like they're trying to recover like an egg salad sandwich recipe or something like mm -hmm. that. It's like the, the plot behind it all. So yeah, this is definitely, it was his first movie, but it's something that I'm like, wow, that that's the movie you want to give someone thing that someone is like full of prop. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's an interesting choice, but yeah. we're not artsy enough to understand. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, it's a gift. I love this. Cause he says, Oh, I'll call you when I'm done. And she goes, it's a gift. And I got to say, I wasn't super high on Amy when like we first met her, but I kind of like her more now because she's just like, we're in really different places. Dawson mine's predictable and defined. And we know that I'm not the person you need to be spending your time with right now. Um, and I, I just, I really like that. And he says like, I'd like to keep in touch with you. She says, okay, we can catch a movie sometime. So Sarah, it really much, it really feels like this is the a one time thing. Yeah. You know? She friend zoned him. She did. She hardcore friend zoned yeah, him. Respect yeah. Amy. But I like how she is. It works so well because she's not doing it in a rude way. Like she's doing it in a very like cutesy way of like, this is a gift. Like, you know, we're in different places. It just, it feels like a very respectful friend zoning. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it really, it really is. I think that they were both mutually attracted to each other. I think that they had a lot in common. So I don't think that um i think that this was good for the both of them and mm -hmm. um i just i don't think i ever got invested in amy or cared that much because i know that she's just like a truck stop on the way to a joey <laughs> relationship Poor amy being referred to as a fucking truck stop. i mean she is though <laughs> she's there on the way to another yeah. go with joey and dawson so I just, mm. I really feel Was it pit stop poor truck stopping. <laughs> Isn't it the same thing? I just feel so indifferent towards them and their relationship, but good for <laughs> Dawson and good for me because I got sex points, which is all I want. I already got sex points. Um, and then we get this like little, this little montage um, where we have Joey trying to study still. Jack has this very cute moment with Graham's Todd where like he's leaving for his test. She hands him like a little bag to lunch and he kisses her on the forehead i don't know why i thought that was the cutest thing ever. well it is because he because he starts to walk out and then he stops and he turns and comes back and just leans in so it's not even like a it's not even like a thing where he does it automatically it's yeah the, the, and it's like work it out. too it's just like it's just you could tell maybe i'm wrong todd but like i feel like todd or uh, uh jack has been very different right when he was in his fraternity like he very much like forgot about jen and forgot about grams and was like in a different part of his life and maybe this is something he used to do a lot and then it kind of like got out of his routine and this feels like something that now he's doing again you know what i mean interesting yeah for me it was more like him just like realizing what was important to him after everything yeah. that he's gone through so i think either one either one of those could be be true i like both I, of those yeah yeah and I do, I just like that small moment. Again, like we haven't had a ton of Jack content. And when we have, it's not exactly like our favorite stuff we've seen. Yeah, and so just getting, Jack. yeah. So like just that teeny tiny moment without even any like dialogue. I loved so much. Cause I just think it speaks so much to the relationship that Grams and Jack have. And again, no fucking Jen this episode. Cause they just said to say, fuck you, Jen, in every season possible. Yeah. She's really messy in action, right? She wasn't so in this annoying. episode. I don't think she was in the episode prior. My only hope and wish is that maybe Michelle Williams was working on a movie at this time yeah. and she was just working on something that would actually further her career and become the actress that she is today. So I'm going to try to keep positive and think that's the reason why yeah. and not because the 
producers or showrunners of Dawson's Creek don't give a shit about her. Yeah. Um, uh, Pacey leaves Audrey a voicemail. She doesn't pick up. Uh, he just uh, basically she's sitting in bed with her little bunny stuffed animal who's wearing like a sweater vest. Um, <laughs> no, but no hey, bunnies and sweater vests go hand in hand. <laughs> um, and he's just like, please pick up, please, please, please. Uh, but she doesn't. Um, Joey has fallen asleep in her chair at the library. Dawson is just being a big old creepo, just staring at her when she wakes up. Apparently, he's been there a while, which again. <laughs> Very creepy. <laughs> that that's the that's the worst part of that because if he's just had like, walk up a star and he's like oh but she's like how long have you been there a while like a while. Yeah. so he hands her a cup of coffee which she does need to help cram to get through everything um and she says everything's been trying to like distract me tonight it's been really bad but i have to get myself on track and Dawson, instead of like again, <laughs> Sarah it drives me fucking crazy. Instead of saying anything back to anything Joey just said. Like, oh, I'm so proud of you. Or like, you've got this. You, you're really studying hard. Any Anything. He says, do you like my shoes? Yeah. Because, gosh. They just really just talk at each other and not with <laughs> each <laughs> other. <laughs> like, nobody's ever just listening to what the other person says. They're just yeah. trying to blurt out what they're thinking. Um, but I suppose in a world where she likes his shoes that means they're meant to be together they're that's meant what to i'm be. learning oh Joey no loves an ugly sketcher i'm not meant to be with my fiance because the <laughs> shoes are ugly <laughs> oh, no. oh no you know the fate is in the shoes that's what i've always said <laughs> what well, so stupid what i was trying to figure out is i thought that maybe he fell asleep for a second after he being did. up all night so yeah. I think he, I think he didn't even hear anything that she said. I think he dozed off, and so then he woke up. He's like, "Do you like my shoes?" <laughs> yeah, she's like, "Yeah, why?" And he's like, "Just wondering, just wondering if you like my Skechers." And honestly, his Skechers are ugly. They're like the old school Skechers. Like picture Skechers in your mind, and that's what he's wearing. I used to own <laughs> Skechers when I was in like middle school. The white, the white chunky ones. They're, they're black and gray, but yeah, they're chonky. Yeah. They're chonky heels. And they have like those striped laces, you know? Yeah. Um, they're they're fucking hideous. And they don't match. He's wearing a brown jacket. Please, Dawson, get your life under control. <laughs> this is fine. Um, anyway, that was our episode. Uh, it was pretty bad. But it, was, it was pretty bad, but it was fun talking to the both of you about of it. Of course, it's always a joy to get to talk about the episodes. Todd, are you ready to hear some feedback? Because we've got some of it for this episode. So yeah. I can't wait to hear a lot I, of angry people. People, I hope sure. I hope people are angry because I. What, what they're gonna say this is the best episode ever is better than the wall I shit. Hope I don't not. think so. Well, let's listen and find out. Let's hear from uh one DBK. What up, though, ladies? So I guess we finally got the question answered. Is Pacey a cheater? Yes, yes, he is. As I've always said, I mean, there's nothing Pacey won't do, and like. Why is he calling Audrey at the end of this episode? Like, he's only feels bad because he got caught, right? Oh. Because, like, he didn't get to go all the way. Like, not a good look, Pacey. Uh, the episode was meh. We didn't even, Jen didn't even show up. We get grams and no Jen. Like, what's up with that? And I know I didn't send in a message last week, but did no one else catch that, uh, Joey has like her prom pic of her and Dawson like right over her headboard. Like that's weird, right? Anyways, till next week, ladies. Peace. I did not mm. notice that, and that's very funny. Okay. So 
which prom did she go to oh so it was when they were taking pictures outside of gail and mitch's house yep uh and that's the prom pic that she posted yeah i mean i guess i (laughs) would feel weird bringing back a guy to my dorm room with a picture stare at him of another guy on it but and again we've seen dawson's room and it looks like a serial killer's room so he loves (laughs) pictures but with the imagine poster being (laughs) the one constant Mm -hmm. yeah the imagine poster um all right let's hear from joy uh she says this episode starts out on a high note with jack and pacey being friends talking about past events joking about grams and mr small's choir practice but then fucking alex pearl like, the show wants us to think that just because Pacey thinks she's attractive, her advances aren't unwanted. I think it's really sad Pacey thinks Audrey is going to be more upset with the fact that his boss kissed him rather than it being against his will. And then this woman just shows up to her employee's home, his safe space, and she gives a 19-year-old champagne. Come on. Uh, then after saying she'll keep it professional, she propositions him again with the apartment. What the actual fuck? <laughs> Yeah, it's um, ridiculous. The only thing I'll say about Dawson is while I'm happy for him, it's appalling that he is the only person who can have sex and not be punished for it. Literally all the women get punished for having sex. Pacey gets punished for having sex. Maybe Jack is also an exception. But Dawson can have a one-night stand with an older woman. I'm guessing she's in her 30s and have absolutely no consequences. And him talking about Joey to her literally makes me want to gag. <laughs> yeah yeah (sighs) i do like that point though of like dawson is the only one who has sex with no consequences like yeah yeah i think that we were touching on that the last week or the week before i think that the Mm -hmm. uh level that they keep uh both joey and dawson at as people of like high moral regard and are the quote-unquote good people it's very telling who this show values yeah um uh let's see so yeah so she's saying pacey tries to be nice to alex about the apartment because she's like because alex is in distress but i didn't like that hug even if pacey finds alex alex attractive that doesn't mean he has to act on it in fact he's trying very hard not to and yet again alex shows up to his home at two in the morning maybe i'm biased but i think she is so manipulative uh yes you are not you're definitely (laughs) right that is 100 percent accurate um uh, so yeah, she says, even then, this is a guy who was literally grooming, groomed as a 15-year-old, and Alex somehow knows uh, how to push all those buttons. Even the way she caresses his face is almost motherly, so she blows up his life and is all, wow. just knowing we could is enough, with no remorse for how she just pursued him and kept coming on to him. I just can't with this storyline, but you know, it's nearing the end of the season, so time for Pacey to lose everything. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I checked my watch. It is about that time. That's yeah. correct. Yep. Uh, and she ends her email with, in conclusion, I miss Jen. Like, a lot. <laughs> Us too, Joy. We also miss Jen. It's really sad. Ugh. Kimmy also sent in an email. She said, I honestly don't remember a single part of this episode. Like, maybe I've never seen it before, or maybe my brain was protecting me. (laughs) She says she has a couple of questions. Please, please, for the love of God, someone explain what Michelle Williams did to these people. They know she Uh, We know she is actually the best actress on the show, but still, we get nothing. 
for the last three seasons, season three, Henry slash walking on the dogs, season four, kissing Jack slash guidance counselor therapy, season five, Dawson slash missing. I need to know why she's being treated this way. Hashtag justice for Jen. Justice for Jen. Uh, number two, the lesson Dawson learned. You can be a girl and sleep with someone without moving on. He slept with someone else and then went to get back together with Joey while ignoring her worries. The entire last scene is like 10 sentences that don't belong together. Who is buying this love story? I'm getting nothing. Nada. Do you guys feel even a little love for these two together? So this is Dawson and Joey. Do we feel any love for them together? yes i mean i do i think that like if i was watching this show full stop like in the beginning i do think i would be invested in their love story and if they can make it work and i think that maybe if they actually had a chance to take off and date for a while i wouldn't feel that way but i feel like it's the the thing that's keeping me interested and engaged it's the what if of it all it's like mm. it's kind of like you, they always say that relationships are like 50 percent timing 50 percent um charisma chemistry chemistry thank you sorry i'm not a scientist i'm better at like calculus um so i think that uh and the timing aspect with their relationship dawson and joey's relationship is fascinating to me because if only the right timing worked out, maybe they could be in a good relationship with each other and fall in love and make it work. But because of all these like circumstances, whether it be um, Joey's dad being released for prison and then Dawson catching him uh, selling drugs in, uh, in, in that whole situation that it didn't work out and then Mitch passing away. It's kind of like the reasons why they break up on the surface level have nothing to do with if they love each other or not. So I think that, um, I still, the reason why I'm encouraging another go of a Dawson and Joy relationship is because at this time, it's still a what if. For me anyway. Interesting. I think for me, it's like the timing is very annoying to me because it was like, okay, there was nothing wrong with Dawson and Jen together. And it felt like the show was like, well, we're getting close to the finale. We have to have enough time for Dawson to want to be back together with Joey. So we have to break him up with Jen now and then it just felt like it came out of nowhere that like Dawson, it's it, Todd, it's almost like Dawson gets bored and then remembers that he loved Joey once upon a time. And so might as well try that again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so as someone who was watching this as it aired back in the day, I was never really invested in the Dawson Joey uh, of it all, mm -hmm. maybe a little bit in the first season, uh, but still I was always much more into the Joey and Pacey. Uh, coupling I always felt that that felt like it could work more than the Dawson and Joe. Yeah. I never talking about like the like the feeling, the passion between. I just never really felt the chemistry between Dawson and Joey. Really, yeah. I never really. I've always felt like they were more siblings than than actual romantic partners. It's always how it it read to me. Uh, so yeah, 
And I think that's good. It seems like, you know, he's like gets distracted by other things and then like something will remind him, oh yeah, I did have a crush on Joy once upon a time. I guess I should like pursue that again. But it is sort of that thing like she's old reliable. She's always been there. Exactly. She's just always going to like turn back to her whenever other things like start, stop, stop panning out. Then suddenly it's like, oh, oh yeah, Joey's still there. And yeah, Mm -hmm. I, I think, I can see, I can see the point. Like we never have really gotten the chance to see them try, like in earnest, uh, to really give the, the relationship a chance, to, like thrive over the course of like a season or whatever. Like we may have seen with like the Joey and Pacey of all. So that might be why I'm more right, invested right. in that than the the Dawson Joey. But I just, I never really saw. I, w- I always felt more about her feelings for him than his feelings for her that makes sense like yes it was like i always thought that i bought that she was into him but him being into her was more like oh i realize she's into me now and so i guess i should do something about that Mm -hmm. oh oh, wait now she's into my best friend and he's now dating her i hate them both or i hate him more than her because that's what guys need to do i don't know it's always felt more performative than actual from dawson for me yeah i could i could totally see that like it's like a, oh might as well like she's always there like let's see what happens kind of a what if thing yeah i think that joey's first love in this world was dawson is dawson but i think that like dawson's first love is film and having like a passion and uh for you know his career and mm-hmm. like um filmmaking so i think that's gonna be interesting to watch like the next season of like dawson prioritizing like what's important in his life like is it joey or does he want to really go off to hollywood and give that another go again or maybe go across seas and learn french filmmaking or something so yeah uh, more more to come i'm sure yeah uh kimmy says uh help me understand this pacey storyline please i'm begging you is it supposed to be he really does like audrey or he's incapable of resisting older women like his behavior is dickish hard and difficult to deal with why would he flirt with the woman kiss her and then still call audrey what's this um and then she says am i supposed to feel bad for jack he literally did not go to one class so much so that he doesn't know a single person to ask for notes he punched this guy in the face for telling him to go to class and he's mad they won't give him the answers to the test he deserves to fail uh i can't, i think i just i have more sympathy for jack because i feel like he had like a wake-up call and you hate to see him fall behind because of some mistakes he made but yet again like it's kind of just like the consequences of your actions coming back to bite you i think it's more of just like jack built up goodwill over the couple of seasons that we watched him and we don't want to see him uh fall too far behind plus he had a cute moment with grams so we love that uh kimmy finishes her email this is the laziest writing ever no jen joey legit stood for 2.5 seconds of the episode (laughs) dawson is just showing off his hot bod and i truly do not understand pacey's behavior audrey is a goddess who deserves her own spinoff two more to go hold on shit noodles uh that is from kimmy so Two more to go, Kimmy says. We'll have wow. to see. <laughs> I can't believe we're already at the penultimate episode. We it really are. goes by so fast. Would really you like does. to know what the name of it is? Sure. You're going to be pleased, Sarah. What's it called? The name is The Abbey. 
Abby? Abby is Morgan? It, is it the Abby Morgan? I don't know. It's just <laughs> Abby, Abby Morgan. Oh Abby Morgan. Her ghost is coming back. I mean, at the very least, we're going to be talking about Abby Morgan next episode. Um, <laughs> I really miss Abby Morgan. Me too. I wish she would have fucked Alex up. She would have yeah. fucked her up. That would have been great. Yeah, a little firecracker that mm-hmm. Abby Morgan is. You know, I miss her. But that's no, where we'll pre- be next episode. <laughs> Victim of Seagook. <laughs> Uh, season five episode 22 next week todd thank you so much for bearing with us through this episode and coming on to talk about libraries and movies uh, despite it being a trash episode it does feel like it did fit into your wheelhouse quite well yeah whenever i was scanning through the the open episodes this one jumped out to me for those reasons like oh i don't remember anything about this episode but libraries on lots of movie talk that that should be in my wheelhouse <laughs> and then then i yeah. saw you talking about it in the chat i'm like Oh no, what have I signed myself up for? <laughs> <laughs> well, we always appreciate you coming on, Todd. Where can people find you if they want to hear more of what you're up to? So you can find me on Twitter at Librarian Todd because Todd Librarian was too many characters. You can find me every week over on One Indescribable Podcast, where we are currently covering Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Uh, we are barreling through uh, season one. It's a pretty short series, only 12 episodes in season one. So we are almost at the halfway mark. Uh, it's a great show. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun talking about it. Uh, also, breaking news. I got the message while we were talking. I will be on an upcoming episode on post-show recaps covering Poker Face. So <gasps> yes! I am, I'm, I've been loving that show so, so much. So I am really eager to, to be able to talk about that with Grace and Ariel uh, this week. I cannot wait to listen to that. I have also been loving Poker Face. It is so funny. Uh, everyone should definitely check that out. Sarah, where can people find you? What do you have coming up? What do you have going on? Um, with Todd's co-host and um, as well as yours, I've been covering How I Met Your Father. Your father. <laughs> yeah, we recorded an episode uh, together in person in Seattle, which obviously the energy when you're next to somebody podcasting mm-hmm. is uh indescribable quite like uh their podcast so um lots of fun talking about how i met your father and then we're busy find us at shit 90s pod twitter instagram follow us along perfect you can find me at the just sterling oh so much uh community building is the normal oh god what else do i have i'm podcasting so much (laughs) mostly it's succession honestly that's mostly what i'm podcasting about um succession is going to have its final season it is coming up in late march uh and so like normal rational human beings um we decided to do a full succession rewatching podcast about it all month long um so if you are in the market for a succession podcast whether or not you've seen the show um, we are doing it spoiler free, so you could watch along for the first time and listen to the podcast that's coming out daily. Um, if you want to do so at Post Show Recaps. Oh, that's the other thing. Last of Us. I'm playing The Last of Us for the first time and recording about it with Zed over on Post Show Recaps. That's been a ton of fun as well. I'm getting pretty darn good at the game, I have to say. Um, Did so you get off about- easy mode yet? I am. I'm on normal mode. I've been All on normal right. mode for a few episodes now. I'm feeling pretty pretty proud of myself. I'm not going to lie. I have a, I have a fire wand that's not what it's called blowtorch that's not what it's called either <laughs> flamethrower flamethrower flame that sounds way cooler um better than fire wand <laughs> i do have I one of fire wand now. sounds cool fire, fire wand, wand sounds more dnd more dnd yeah more dnd than it is uh last of us uh so go check all of that and you can find me at the just sterling and next week 
we shall be back with the penultimate episode of season five. We are nearly there, people. Hang on. Uh, we will be back next week with season five, episode 22, The Abbey <coughs> Morgan. Um, and we'll be talking about that next week. So until then, have a good one, everybody. Bye. Just ask. Shit 90 shows taught me. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.